648 on the Crosstalk on WIZM, the Granddad Bluff Challenge. Just reading about that caught my attention, and then I find out that Midwestern soldiers from all over the place will be coming to lacrosse to participate in the Granddad Bluff Challenge, and I just want... First thing that crossed my mind was ice climbing. Lieutenant Colonel Eric Archer from uh, University of Wisconsin Lacrosse Military Science Department, our guest this morning. Colonel, good morning, and thanks very much for talking with us. Are good morning, you, Mike. Thanks for the time. I appreciate it. Are you climbing Granddad Bluff up the ice or in yeah. some other fashion? So what these these cadets are doing, and over 150 of them from Nebraska to Michigan, they'll come here to our backyard and do about a 17-mile road march that will start and end at Granddad, but we'll take them through Hickson Forest, and then we'll throw a bunch of cold-weather technical stations at them, like knot tying and how to evacuate a casualty and how to start a fire in a cold-weather environment. So it tests both intellectually their cold-weather skills and also physically their metal and their grit. It's an incredible event. Wow. It, it sounds fascinating. Uh, also f- sounds difficult putting uh, these uh, ROTC men and women, by the way. Is that correct? Yeah, very much so. You know, the team that won just a couple of years ago had two women on it. So it's absolutely come one, come all. And, uh, and yeah, last year, if you remember, this time of the year, we had about a foot of snow that hit two days before, and we started at negative three degrees. So, you know, an old boss of mine said, the hardest steel is forged in the hottest furnace, and we give these kids a furnace, and they and they do well. Yeah, well, I'm guessing that uh, it won't take very long for them to uh, get over the cold once they start <laughs> marching, and they know 17 miles. And they carry a rucksack that's, what, 30 pounds, 35 pounds, something like that? They do. It'll start out between about 35 and 50, and by the time they're done, it has to weigh no less than 30. So it is just a crusher for these kids. But with the sense of accomplishment when they're done is, is through the roof, and we're very grateful to the Lacrosse Parks and Rec, to the Outdoor Recreation Alliance and Lacrosse PD for helping us put this on. All right. I'm curious. You said they start uh, with the pack 30-ish pounds. They have to end with the pack 30-ish pounds. You actually weigh it to make sure that uh, participants <laughs> didn't throw any of the rocks that are in it out or eat we, any of the supplies, whatever. We sure do. We, we make sure that there's integrity in the competition in case folks trying to war game the, uh, the event think that maybe halfway through I'll lose some of these things. So uh, they cross the finish line and they're weighed right away. Do they uh, participate as teams or as individuals? Yeah, great question. As teams, so teams of five and in any type of gender configuration they want, you're just five best people, and they have to be within 20 meters of each other at all times, so they have to start together, compete together, and finish together. Oh, all five together. That's that's interesting. So your strongest teammate is your weakest teammate. Get them all across the finish line at the same time. Yeah, you're exactly right, Mike. One of the things that we're going to test there a little bit is what do you do when one of your teammates struggles? You know, how do you mentally pull them through? How do you physically pull them through? Um, nothing we do in our Army is by ourselves, and this is a good example of that. How do we as a team, you know, surmount this obstacle? All right, so now that we know it's not marching up Bliss Road, it would be marching <laughs> up one or maybe several of the paths uh, up through Hickson Forest. I Now I see a big, long line of marching-slash-running <laughs> men and women uh, you know, uh, nose to nose trying to pass somebody on a path. That's probably not how it works either, is it? 
No, so we'll do two waves. We'll kick out one wave at 7.30 and another uh, and another wave at uh, 7.45. So we'll create some distance, and then they'll, they will be off to the races. They will quickly disperse through that course just by the nature of Hickson Forest being what it is. Um, so we don't expect too many folks that close. We expect them to kind of spread out pretty quickly. So not on a path. You just line them up at the base of, of a Granddad Bluff in Hickson Forest, and they find their way through the forest, not necessarily following uh, one of the bikes bike paths or walking paths? You know, actually, we'll start up at Granddad, and, uh, you know, it's a great place in the morning. We should hit that at sunrise. We'll be at that flagpole. We'll give a good patent speech about what this means, and then we'll kick them off right from the top of Granddad. And right at Granddad by Alpine Inn, they'll jump into Hickson Forest, and we'll be going through all the trails in Hickson Forest. It's going to be well marked. We're doing that today. They'll pop out by the weather station, and they'll go back in, and they'll pop out on Rim of the City Road and then come back in. So kind of all over the area, folks see military people in uniform on Saturday morning. That's us. We're going to be in Hickson. We'll be by the weather station, Granddad, and all these students will be competing in that area. Jim Bellucci starred in a movie uh, a while ago. Mark Meyer, what's the name of that movie where uh, he, everybody thought the Russians were invading and he came to... Is that what it was called? The Russians are coming. Uh, so when you're, when you're up near the weather station tomorrow driving around on Granddad Bluff and you see a bunch of, uh, of, of uh, ROTC folks running around crazy, don't worry, it's not the Russians invading. Most assuredly, not the Russians. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, and is it a timed event, or you, whoever gets their five uh, members, team members, across the finish line first period? So it is a, it's who gets across first, but there's time penalties, for example, if they can't get those knots tied because their hands are cold, or if they can't evacuate a casualty the right way, they can incur time penalties throughout. So pure time, and then minus their penalties. So this, this sounds to me like, especially if you're uh, evacuating an injured individual uh, correctly and quickly, that's not something you do in 30 seconds. This event sounds like an all-day extravaganza. No, you're right. Like each one of those, like, making a fire from scratch is complex. You know, we give them 15 minutes to do that. So we expect folks will roll um, out, you know, at the times that we mentioned, be back probably between 2 and 4 p.m. Our goal every year is to have that done before nightfall because then we have a whole other set of challenges. And every year we get them in before nightfall. Do they, I'm thinking about starting a fire from scratch. You, you see it. There's a, a couple of, uh, of uh, TV shows where uh, <laughs> uh, participants, naked and afraid, one comes to mind, sorry, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but they literally have nothing and trying to start a fire so they don't freeze to death because, you know, they have nothing. Uh, Mm -hmm. Do your folks have anything, a flint, uh, a stone, uh, anything to help start a fire, or they are literally looking around in the woods for material? You know, you know what we do is we give them a little Weber grill just to protect, you know, so we don't cause any fires. But then, yeah, they'll get they'll have kindling, and they have to use their flashlight, the terminals on their flashlight, some string, steel wool that they need to bring to create a fire. And they really have to tend to it and be patient, wow. and then that fire will get going. And once it burns through a string that we put eight inches above the fire, then they can move on. And some teams will go the whole 15 minutes and not be able to. Others wow. will have it done in two minutes. So Sounds- it forces them to practice those skills. Sounds kind of like a MacGyver uh, thing here. You gotta <laughs> yeah. make a fire with the stuff around you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know we're testing them physically. We're testing them mentally. We want to have them come out of this feeling like they've given their all in a whole bunch of different domains, and then you'll know, be proud of their achievements. And uh, for the winning team, something uh, above and beyond bragging rights. 
Like, it's a ridiculous trophy. So there's this probably three-foot-tall trophy with a polar bear on top. So, A, you get bragging rights and everyone else feels inferior to you. But, B, you get to take home as a traveling trophy a really awesome uh, trophy. And this is what the press last year called the hardest race in ROTC. So there's a lot of bragging rights um, if you win the Northern Warfare Challenge. All right, one more quick question, then we got to go. Any place along this route where people could watch and enjoy somebody else's challenge? For sure. Like, so at Lower Hickson Forest is where competitors will be coming through, that parking lot at Lower Hickson, and then we'll actually have one of our stations right there. So if folks were curious, that would be a great place to stop by is Lower Hickson, and they'll see folks coming through. Or maybe above everybody, if you sit out on the deck at, uh, at uh, the Alpine Inn have, as they all run by, that would be uh, – next year you should set up one of those challenges right there in the woods below Granddad or below uh, uh, the Alpine so we can all sit there and watch them try to you know, start a fire with a battery and – Steel Wolf. Sounds like MacGyver to me.